Hi. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, everybody. Everything's fine. Hey, everything's fine. Relax. Everything is just fine. All right, welcome back to another episode of Everything's Fine. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. It's a lovely August 13th. A wonderful day to talk some sports. And as always, I'm joined by Mark Henry Jr. Mark, Ben Simmons shows up in the middle of the night like a fart in the wind. Didn't tell anyone. Elton Brand gets a text saying, hey, Ben's outside. Basically like it's your your DoorDash driver about to get to your house with your drunk pizza order. Uh, Ben's pulling up in a Toyota Camry now. Uh, Probably asked Elton to pay for the cab because he didn't have any money because they fined him. Took a code test at Wells Fargo. Didn't talk to any of the teammates after dragging them through the mud all summer, calling some out by name. And now we wait to see what happens. Joel says they're professionals and all they care about is winning. I have a ton of questions and we can get to them one by one. You can pick and choose where you like to go. First, where is he living? He pulled a Michael Scott, sold his apartment on eBay before getting the job with corporate. Both his houses are on the market. One in Philadelphia has moved out. Secondly, where was John Clark? Is Clarky losing a step? Nothing more is in his jurisdiction than following the tail numbers of planes. <laughs> a hungry John Clark would have been working his sources Check and sky scanner, and there would have been a microphone in Ben's face by the time both feet hit the tarmac. Rich Paul, hot seat. <laughs> there is a 10th mystery franchise. And most important question, Mark. How does this guy play? Where do you where do you want to start? Um, I don't think he's gonna play. Ooh. I, I, I think he's gonna get hurt, but some you could put some quotation marks around that i mean i can't imagine that an injury is not faked by next week the I, nba would have to step in man they didn't step in with james harden that's what i was step saying in with Kawhi I, leonard either but i think they were so embarrassed by the Kawhi leonard stuff that i think they would have to step in we've already heard I, rumors they were going to step in outside of uh before he was reporting well, that makes sense to me them them forcing him to report makes sense to me i just don't think there's any way that the NBA could step in on an injury, even if it's fake. Like, I, I think that's kind of like another level. Uh, I, I do think that Ben can get away with that. And I honestly kind of hope he does. I don't understand what the people that wanted him back, uh, what the logic is there. I, I don't, I, I honestly, I, this is all, I'm pretty annoyed about the whole situation. This is, this is all born out of me thinking that the Sixers were going to be fine with playing without Ben Simmons to start this year. And, and I think that they would have gotten off to a fun start. I think it would have been – they would have gotten off, off to a hot start that would have been fun. We would have been going on and on about fuck Ben Simmons and this young team that's getting us excited at 14-6 and six or whatever the record is. Now, this pretty much guarantees that there will be no fun had in the first <laughs> however many weeks of the Sixers season with Ben around. Like, there's just like – there's no way winning can be fun – Right now, in the situation we're in, there's there's no way the game will be the story of any game story. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, anytime Kyle Newbeck or whoever you want to say is writing their Sixers put like post game article, half of it's not going to be about the game. Half of it's going to be about the questions that were asked before and after the game and, and the little look Ben gave or the little tone doc had in his voice. And I'm just so sick of it. I'm so done with it. And I don't think it helps the basketball team. I don't, I also don't think, well, no, sure. Whatever. It could help the basketball team. Fine. I'm fine conceding that Ben Simmons is really good at really good at basketball, but I don't see a scenario in which Ben Simmons helps his trade value. I don't see a scenario in which Ben Simmons is more valuable after playing than he wasn't being out of mind. And so it's just, I guess this all comes back to everyone was so fascinated by the fines. Everyone was like, we have to find him. Find his ass. Send his ass to Guangdong, China. Send his ass to the, to the, the mountains, the prairies. Send his ass to Oklahoma city. Like I just, I never cared. Like, and now we find him so hard that he's back and the nightmares in our lap and it's on our doorstep and it's in Camden. And I, I just, I don't know what the, what the reason to find him was. If, the, if it was only going to lead to this, I don't know what the reason to try to get him back is. I don't think it's going to help his trade value. So uh, honestly, it's just, this is all why just n- you, noise to me. Why don't you think it's going to help his trade value? I think if he comes out and plays pretty well, how, Why how, would that not? Because the last time we saw him, he was just you know not in the fourth quarter. He was passing up easy dunks. He just he's not gonna he's not gonna change any of that. So that's what I'm. That's what, so that's what I think too. I think people have. We're a weird fan base. We've always been a weird fan base. And and where does this showing up to the arena f- randomly to take a COVID test? Where does this fall in like Sixers process lore? Like maybe fourth, maybe fifth. Oh, it's not top twenty. It's not top twenty. <laughs> we we had a game canceled. Because the, the Flyers didn't <laughs> didn't handle their ice right. And then Keith Pompey sticking <laughs> his hand and looking like he's got cum all over his hands on, on his Twitter picture. There are so many incidents during the pro- – Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks got traded for Golden State and they used the fucking Oregon Trail to come over. It took them three and a half weeks, it felt like, to come play basketball. There, there are a million. I mean, Burnergate is like number one. Like just, just, just a a, oh. a GM talking shit or his wife talking shit. Who knows? On the players is an all time story. Kyle, if I, if I ever make it big, if I ever get some money, I will be funding the thirty for thirty behind Burnergate. Like that, I am more fascinated by Burnergate than any moment in sports history uh, and Dude. i'm not even joking about that that directed is, I, by m night Shyamalan, score by little dicky and uh asher roth i want uh, i want um jordan peele involved in some okay. capacity narrated by kevin hart uh score by meek mill too i guess we could do that uh <laughs> i i actually now that i'm talking about this maybe this is better as like a, a reenact like a movie instead of mm-hmm. a documentary I don't know. It's interesting. Who plays Brian Colangelo? I don't know. But I mean, I think Burner Gates the most interesting thing of all time. But there are uh, this is just sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole in my yeah, brain. Sorry about that. Just like Sixers wise, like there are so many weird moments in the last seven to eight years that are like so much weirder than Ben just showing up to get a COVID test. I think like, Kawhi Leonard's bounce is weirder than this. Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. Don't bring that up ever again. Sorry. Uh, but no, I'm joking. But go back no, to Ben Simmons real quick. Real quick, real quick. I, right. I I have one more off the top of my brain that I, that I have to <laughs> I have to get off. It's I like mean, therapy. Jaleel Okafor 
was going like 150 on the Ben Franklin bridge and was like, that's normal. <laughs> and also, Julia Okafor got drunk in Boston and punched someone's lights out because they said the Sixers suck. <laughs> it's a ride or die. You need a ride or die in your Pull stable. Bed and get 20 and 10. Um, going back to the Ben situation. <laughs> I, I don't know how a guy who cares about his image more than anyone cares about their image could hear a fuck Ben Simmons champ every TV timeout and want to play for this team. We had one in AEW. We had one at SmackDown. We had a small one that started on Monday. Kyle Newbeck said it didn't get any steam. But, I mean, people are going to be laughing at him as he's missing free throws. It'll be very interesting how the media is going to ask him questions after they just raked him through the coals all all season because they never thought they were ever going to see him ever again. That's going to be an interesting wrinkle, how they're going to treat him. I don't I don't think he'll answer questions. Do you think he'll be available to the media? No. I think that's bullshit. I don't I don't care. But <laughs> I just I, I guess I, I think that there's like literally only harm that could be done by him talking to the media. I hope he doesn't. I think he can I think he can switch the narrative around though with Philly fans to get him back on his side. I don't I think don't. everyone. I think there are some though. There are already we're already seeing some completely flip-flop. What if he uh, NBC Sports wrote an article yesterday that was like, yeah, I know we booed him all we all, all, all season, but what if he comes in and changes his game offensively? What if he comes and becomes a dynamic offensive player? He hasn't, had, he hasn't done that in five years. What are we, what are we talking ourselves into right now? Like yeah. pe- people are, people are like hoping that he, you know, maybe because he dragged our name through the mud, the fans, the players, the coaches, everybody that now he's just going to come magically shoot. This is the same Ben Simmons we've been seeing every year with the offseason videos and everything. There's nothing's going to change. If it was the same Ben Simmons without the drama and without the bullshit and without the the con- the whole summer of what happened and all the reports and everything, I'd have a different tune. I'd probably say he can help the team and you know, we have more around him and wh- whatever. I just don't see how with everything that's played out and with everything that's surrounding him, how it's at all helpful to have him around the team or at all helpful to his trade value. I I just, I don't see a scenario where he plays more improved than he was last year. Like I I think he's probably, he's not putting up like 18, eight and seven. Like, I I don't know. He's not going to get better at anything. We've seen that. If we know anything about Ben Simmons is that he's not good at improving at basketball. So I don't know why people would, would expect him to right now uh, at a moment where he has more, uh, you know, controversy surrounding him than ever before. And he has less belief in him from the team he's on and the city he plays for and the fans of the NBA and the fans of the Sixers. Like what, why is Ben Simmons coming out and, and balling out like who is he doing that for what who is he proving that for like he wants to be traded so he's going to do everything in his power to make this ugly and to get traded like james harden did and whether that is faking an injury whether that is bullshitting around on the court like vince carter uh i I don't know but i just don't see a scenario where this helps the sixers i don't see a scenario where ben simmons playing helps the sixers win extra games that they wouldn't have without him or helps the sixers uh, you know, trade him for more return. And, and this also like 
watching some of these preseason games has gotten me so excited to watch Joel with all shooters and to watch mm-hmm. just like shooters around Joel and not have to worry about the backup big lineups with Ben. And now I'm just back. Like now I'm back to like, you know, can we probably can't play Ben and Drummond together and we definitely can't play Ben Matisse and Drummond together. And so we're already placing restrictions on the rotation again. And I, I mean, it's all just much ado about nothing. We're all readjusting our expectations on the season. We're all readjusting what we're what's going to happen. And I think Ben's gone in two weeks. I think he's gone in a month. So I don't know. It's such a mess. Um, Those first I, 15 games of the season are going to be very important for trade partners. Yeah, Portland has a pretty tough schedule to start the, to start the year off. If you take a look, um, yeah. looks like it could be like a six and twelve, eight and ten start. Maybe maybe we uh, maybe we pounce on that. Who knows? Who's the tenth mystery franchise? Yeah, we were talking about it beforehand. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's Oklahoma City. Maybe Oklahoma mm-hmm. City saying wait wait till January. We'll trade you Shea. I don't know. Shea Shea just signed a, a, a super max, but I, I don't know how. I, I really don't know, but. That's the stuff that interests me. The, the reports about, you know, Ben Simmons showed up uh, and didn't tell anyone. Or even though Rich Paul was in contact, this is what happened. Or Rich Paul and Daryl Moore, you're talking – like all these reports, like I just don't give a shit. It's all, it's all nonsense. I actually care when there's stuff in the article like this or stuff in the Shams report about how we wanted C.J. McCollum, three first-round picks, and three pick swaps. Like the actual – negotiation of all this is still interesting to me. It is still interesting to me to think about Daryl calling these other GMs and trying to get a little more and being like, Hey, he's really good. I promise. I, I, I think it's very interesting. The actual negotiation part of this, there's nothing else part of this that interests me anymore. Like I am at my wits end. I am fucking, I'm ready to explode. With See, this we're content. completely different. We're completely different because all of this shit, him just showing up makes me laugh. Uh, now there's uh, an inkling or a wrinkle from Stephen A. Smith that uh, Daryl Moore has <laughs> been working the phones on Kyrie Irving. So we're just going to trade one crazy person for another no. crazy person. James Harden. Oh, who's Finan- James Harden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An inkling yeah, of James Harden. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get James Harden out of New York after and it's just going to be Kevin Durant who just signed a, you know, hundred millions of dollar contract. And it's going to be him and, Kyrie Irving, an unvaccinated Kyrie Irving, they can't even play. Yeah, New York's going to do that right now. By the way, is the championship window back open if Kyrie Irving <laughs> refuses to play basketball? I don't Dude, know. It, it might be. Maybe we keep Ben Simmons for 81 games. Championship window's <laughs> back open. Or maybe Furkan Korkmaz becomes a new point guard. 17 points on Monday. Look good. Isaiah Joe took the leap. Isaiah wow. Joe. I mean, it's not going to be Tyrese Maxey. For some reason, Paul George cheated on uh, Doc Rivers – a daughter with a stripper, got her pregnant, kicked her to the curb, and Tyrese Maxey gets less respect than Paul George. Maybe if Tyrese Maxey shot 38%, 41% from three, we'd be we'd be singing a different tune. But it's insane how Doc refuses, refuses to put Tyrese Maxey in the starting lineup. It's it's sickening. It, it is just another like I feel like I'm the guy from Billy Madison writing on my like the list of people he's gonna kill. <laughs> That's how I feel about the reasons that I hate Doc Rivers. Just like, won't start Maxi. Just like, I, I just have a laundry list of reasons for for why I feel the way I feel about Doc Rivers. And I, I'm, I'm done with it. I, I, I've always said um, the Sixers are the team in the city that I feel 
the least loyalty to. I, I feel the least um, beholden to the Sixers organization. Like I, I was not a big Sixers fan until I turned like 15. So the process, honestly, the process made me the Sixers fan. I am like, you're an analytics that, nerd. Exactly. A hundred percent. Before that, I was a NBA nerd. I was a LeBron, a LeBron man. Uh, you know, Le- I had your bronze sexual. I'm a hundred percent. I was a bronze sexual. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. But uh, I, you know, I had favorite players in the league. I followed the Sixers. I went to a couple games. I did wear a LeBron James heat shirt to a Sixers game. So you can take my four for four card away if you want. But I wore a LeBron James Cavs shirt to the uh, Sixers game. Yeah, uh, I did too at one point. But I, I was thinking about the heat playoff game, the Lou Williams three that I was there for wearing a heat shirt. Kind of kind of makes me sick to my stomach thinking about it now. But whatever. We're past that. And so anyway, I've always said if this process goes wrong and I think I can blame the organization – if this process goes wrong and I can pinpoint specific moments where it went wrong and that's on the organization and we don't get a championship and we ruin Joel's prime and we ruin the Joel and Ben partnership and we ruin the Fultz pick, we ruin everything. If, if, if all of that happens, I think I'm done with the Sixers in a couple of years. Like the way that Doc Rivers is driving me there, Josh Harris is driving me there, Ben Simmons is driving me there. I, I – I think there's a good chance in three years I'm just like watching basketball and not really caring about the Sixers anymore. Do you think in three years we're back to the Eddie Jordan, Doug Collins, uh, Ed Stefanski, uh, DeLeo days where we're like a seventh or eighth seed if this all doesn't pan out and we're just kind of going through basketball purgatory? It all depends on Joel. I mean, if Joel wants out in two years, if we don't compete, then yeah. But I'm not worried about that at all. I I think Joel will be here for a while. Huh? Seem a little worried. Well, no, it's just uh, if they're not going to be able to to pair Joel with anything that can bring a championship here, then uh, by the time whenever Joel's traded, I mean, I'm not going to quit on this team while Joel's here. He's the process like he is everything that embodies what I really went all in on this team for in, in terms of the process. And I, uh, uh, I, you know, I feel loyalty to Joel Embiid in a way I've never fe- had like loyalty to a player in the city. So I have I'm way more loyal to Joel Embiid than I am the organization, the Philadelphia 76ers. I just could see if I think that they ruined Joel's chance to win a title as the main guy and ruined his legacy. Uh, I, I will a hundred percent take that out on the Sixers and just like be a Phillies Eagles fan hmm. and fuck the Flyers. By the way, also you heard it here first, Mark Henry renouncing his Philadelphia Sixers fanhood. If yeah, a laundry happen. list of things have to happen first. <laughs> um, how could Ben get Philly fans back on his side? I'm ready for this. I'm going to tell you right now. He comes out and makes fun of the situation and, and, and makes fun of the insults and the jeers and everything. He just he tells us, hey, he fucked up and he plays you know somewhat hard. We don't see that he's, he's lollygagging it. He'll still be traded by the deadline. We're going to get people going on Ben's side. People are already going to Ben's side. We are going to get people to flip-flop on the Ben's side. I'm telling you, if he comes out and makes fun of it, he could fire Rich Paul. That would help. Shooting 38% from three, that would help. Uh, buying everyone a beer like Lane Johnson during the Super Bowl run, that would definitely help. Um, but if he comes out and makes fun of it and just shows he's like, you know, charismatic Ben, he'll start. He'll start getting some people on his side. You can't buy everyone a beer. Fun. You can't buy everyone a beer if you don't have money. Um, we'll see. What does he get now? He got like a million taken off that 8.2. So now he gets to 7.2, I guess, by Friday when. <laughs> the COVID test and everything. What do you think? Um, what do you think this has on the future of the league? I think this actually has some ramifications on the league. 
uh, in terms of like, there's this big bully. His name was Rich Paul. He just got punched in the mouth. Uh, it was like you, you just go up to the, to the bully on the schoolyard and someone just finally hit him. And mm-hmm. I think Daryl kind of, I think Daryl kind of laid the groundwork for how to deal with Rich Paul or how to deal with super agents. Cause Rich Paul is not going to be the only one. There's going to be more. Well, it's just every situation so different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would have said like James Harden situation would have changed the way the NBA handles things. And then this situation came around, you would have been wrong because they're different situations and the NBA is clearly not stepping in yet. So I, I don't think it changes much. Like, uh, you know, if the next time this happens with a rich ball client and it's Zach Levine and Zach Levine dropped 30 points this year per game, He's going to have a voracious trade market that it has no problem developing, and they won't have to pull the shenanigans that Rich Paul pulled with Ben Simmons. Uh, I mean, even Anthony Davis. You look back at the Anthony Davis thing, that's probably a better comparison since it is Rich Paul um, picking out Anthony Davis's clothes and Ben Simmons' clothes uh, in this situation. But I, uh, you, you look at that, and no one stepped in. I mean, they were playing him like 25 minutes per game. That was like one of the most bizarre – things of all time. And if this Ben thing turns into that, that, I mean, that's terrible because they were, that that did not help anyone. They were playing him off the bench. Like uh, it it was a bizarre situation. And that was more ugly for the league than anything I've seen in recent memory in my, I think that's uglier than the mellow stuff. I think that's uglier than, you know, the Chris Paul forcing his way out, James Harden. I I think that's the ugliest I've seen. Uh, But, you know, I I think Ben will give that a run for its money. And, but I don't think there's anything the NBA can really do because it's like, the NBA can't make a rule that you can't fake injuries. You know what I mean? Like that's obviously a rule, but it's like, what, how are you going to prove that? And and it's also like, they can't make a rule that you have to play hard. Like, I, I just think that there's like, there's, there's leeways around everything and there's avenues to get around everything. I also don't think that this city will embrace Ben Simmons, no matter what, at this point, I think he's the most hated player I've ever seen. Um, I really have never seen a Philadelphia player. This widely universally uh, embraced or hated. Like, I think he might be more hated than anyone I've ever seen loved in the city. Um, I think he's more hated than Joel Embiid is loved. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Philadelphia has far more capacity to hate than love, in my opinion. (laughs) I I just don't think it would make sense for Ben to come back and just play 25 minutes a game in like kind of an Anthony Davis situation. I, I honestly do think he's going to come back, take the, Take his uh, his coffee uh, or his whatever his tea and his, mud, uh, his Australian pu- oh fuck I, yeah, I don't his know fucking meat pie shit meat pie uh, yeah mud, I was thinking mud pie that's not that's not eh, it might as well be a mud pie um, <laughs> and just take his his medicine that's what I wanted to really say he take his medicine for a week kind of just uh, you know buy into the the jeers and the chants and everything and people will just get bored after a week and if they start winning winning cures everything just what Joel Embiid said they're all professionals. I don't everything. think, I don't think winning will cure anything. Um, we were the one seed last year, and the whole year people doubted it. The whole year people acted like we were going to lose in the playoffs. Then we did, <laughs> and the way that we did, and the way that we collapsed in Game Five, and the way that we collapsed in Game Seven. I said this after Game Seven. I might have even said it on this podcast. Um, but they did this to the, themselves, where if they don't make a major change. It doesn't matter how many games they win. They could go 65 and 17. And I think the whole year we're just going to be waiting for the disaster to happen. And we're just going to be waiting for the loss in the playoffs. And the whole year 
we could go, we could win 70 games. And I think everyone will be saying that there's a ceiling to this and we can't win a title. And once we get to the playoffs, we're going to lose in the second round, yada, yada, yada. I'm not even saying that's wrong or right or whatever. It's, it's, I understand the thought process with what we've seen over the last couple of years. Uh, so to me, this is just like, this is a mess. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, you know, I, I, I lost know. my train of thought a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. I think this is they're. I think they're going to play nice until Ben has until Ben gets traded. I think they talked about it yesterday with Maury, with 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 Doc and whatnot, uh, Elton Brand, and they probably laid out kind of a foundation. Now the thing is, this goes deep into. You know, December, January, deadlines approaching, and Maury's still asking for a ton, and he's not able to get it. That's when it could get messy. It could get messy before that. It could get messy in in, in November, or December. Maybe they tell him that, hey, we're gonna try, we're gonna try to trade you before Thanksgiving, and that doesn't happen. And then Rich Paul or Ben, you know, makes a statement or something like that, or or like you said, Ben, you know fakes an injury or, or, or does the Anthony Davis 25 minutes a game and, you know, doesn't really give it a hundred percent. Now that's where I can see, but I think for the first couple of weeks, we're going to see a different Ben Simmons. And I think he's going to play. And I think he's going to, to give at least 80 to 90%. Maybe I'm just optimistic, but that's, I, I honestly do think, because I think he's going to take his medicine. I think he's going to um, kind of play into all the jeers and all the, uh, all the insult he's going to receive. He's not an idiot. He knows what's going to happen, even though he does care about his image. I just, I don't look at Ben Simmons as someone that's going to cowtail the pressure and someone that's going to just like be the, be the nice guy and be the, not be the squeaky wheel. Like I, I just think he's going to make this ugly. I, I, I don't see a scenario where this doesn't get way uglier. Yeah. Supposedly him showing up was choreographed. What does that According mean? Jake Fisher. Like they, they planned on him showing up by himself. Like that was a choreographed move, maybe by him, maybe by Rich Paul, maybe by Clutch. I think it was by Clutch, is what Jake Fisher he, said. I think he showed up with his brother. Of course, he showed up with his brother. Which based one? On my, based on my sources, I think he showed up with his brother Sean. The alleged. Yes, I forgot we're on a podcast. We're um, on a podcast. You got to talk on this, and not on a YouTube. Yeah, that's a hundred percent facts. Uh, I sh- <laughs> I I nodded my head yes. <laughs> 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 For the record, I nodded my head. Yes, um, you want to know how big this Ben Simmons story was? Mm-hmm. That this tweet from Marcus Hayes <laughs> wasn't roasted all yesterday. Did you see this? I I don't know about. I saw his article. Oh, I didn't see this actually. Got my COVID nineteen booster and flu shot. Flu shot in the butt. To minimize arm soreness, highly recommended. And then take look at this woman's face. That woman just spent the last two years seeing firsthand the horrors of COVID. And Marcus Hayes's unshaved butthole is going to last in her memory when she tells her grandkids about what COVID was like. Look at the tears streaming down her face almost. That is a woman who has seen people take their last breaths over the last two years, hooked up to ventilators. And Marcus Hayes' gooch is playing back in her mind 
for the last 24 hours. She's seen more Marcus Hayes buttholes than Marcus Hayes articles. <laughs> well, that's probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, Marcus Hayes also wrote like a hilarious headline yesterday. I don't even know what it was at this point anymore. But at Inkstained Wretch, uh, the weirdest Twitter handle of all time. Um, he wrote like basically like, I don't know. Ben Simmons is a traitor and a loser and a, a charlatan. Like, it's just like a very funny headline. <laughs> is this what they're hiding behind the Inquirer paywall? Flu shots in the butt. Just flu shot in the butt advice. Flu like, shot in the butt. Flu who, shot in the butt. Who in their right mind goes, hey, listen, after you stab me in the ass like I'm Jason Giambi in a slump, <laughs> can you take a selfie with me? Like, yeah, where like was I'm the COVID the, warning on this one, Twitter? Like, I'm the macho man Randy Savage backstage at a WWF event. Like, I mean, I, I think about COVID and I get a warning filter on, on Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> this Borges Hayes isn't a doctor. You can't just tell me flu shots in the butt. If anything, flu shots in the butt, that would make me not want a flu shot. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten my flu shot yet. I hadn't thought about uh the butt as a potential location. Where's the CDC on this one to intercept this tweet? I think Marcus Hayes is doing more for the pandemic than he is to eradicate the pandemic. <laughs> my God. You know he had an opinion about it too. Well, he, he he's an opinion piece, man. All right, let's move over to the Bucks versus Eagles. The Eagles plus six and a half, total 52 and a half. We got a great game tomorrow. I think it's going to be a good game, even though it's a short week. I hate I hate games on short weeks. I, I think Thursday is going to go away in a couple years. I think sure. Christian McCaffrey came came out and, and said how much he just hates Thursday night games and he feels like he always gets hurt there. I know uh, there's just been more talk about these guys' bodies not getting right until Thursday, and now they're going to play two games in less than <laughs> five days. Uh, like I said, Eagles plus six and a half. It started at Eagles, uh, plus seven, the total at 52 and a half. It's kind of going everywhere. It started at 52 and a half, went up to three, went all the way down to 53, went all the way down to 50 and a half, went up to 53. Like I said, um, if Sunday against the Panthers was a run the damn ball game tomorrow is a throw the damn ball game. So get your popcorn ready. Uh, which means we're going to have straight 10 different variations of screens to start the game. How yeah. you feeling about this game? I, it's like I kind of feel the same way going into this game that I felt going into the Dallas game, which didn't work out well. But I feel the same way thinking like, man, we probably don't have a hope in hell to stop them defensively. I know that we just had a big game. I know Slay had two picks. I know Nelson had a pick. I know we were making plays all over the field, and they stepped up like harder than we could have imagined them stepping up this week uh, against Carolina but the Bucs are not the Panthers. So <laughs> I, I think this is going to be a little bit scarier. I think it's going to look a lot like those Cowboys Chiefs defensive performances. Now the hope is that our offense looks like it, how it looked against Kansas City and in the fourth quarter against Carolina and obviously against Atlanta instead of how it looked against Dallas. So I – and I think it will. I, I think we it has been shown this year that you can throw on Tampa. They are vulnerable in the secondary. Richard Sherman is washed uh, and he's out there playing. So – they have a ton of injuries, they, they, but, you know, they are still really, really good. Like, you look at that roster, and the Bucs are just it, – it really is ridiculous how good 
that roster was for Tom Brady to come like ready-made win them a Super Bowl. I know everyone's just going to like forget that that was a really good team and Tom Brady won the Super Bowl on, on his own and he was actually a one-man roster against 53-man rosters across the rest of the league. Uh, but that Bucks team with Mike Evans, A.B., Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, uh, a solid running game so far this year, uh, an O-line that's improved from last year even. Like it, it really is ridiculous how much talent there is and specifically like matchup-wise with the Eagles – Slay had a great game, so I'll stick with Slay. Slay has struggled with big receivers. Slay has struggled last year and in the past in Detroit with guys like Claypool, guys like Hopkins, guys like Adams, and Mike Evans is coming to town. Um, and and I really think Mike Evans is going to have like 200 yards on, on Thursday night. Like I think he's going to have his mm. biggest game of the year. I, I think he's going to dominate us. It seems like the Bucks week to week are kind of picking and choosing which receiver they want to have the big game. They had like the huge Gronk game. AB went off last week. Chris Godwin had a huge game in week two or week three. They haven't had the huge Mike Evans game. I think Mike Evans did have a really good game last game, but they haven't had the game where he's the main focus and he's the number one receiver and he's the red zone target. I think that happens here because I don't think we have anyone that can really hang with Mike Evans, that can contest the ball with Mike Evans, can go up in the end zone. So I think he has a big, a big, big day here. You just hope that the offense keeps keeps up. And I could see this being a game where we hang in the game. Tampa, a lot of the time last year, uh, they let you hang around for three, three and a half quarters, and then they score a couple garbage time touchdowns at the end and win by 17. Like, I could see this being a game that we're down 24-20 in in the third quarter. Tampa takes a field goal to go up a touchdown. We have a chance to tie the game up. We don't do it. And then Tampa ends up winning like 41-27. Or like whatever that may be, uh, I could see Tampa keeping us, letting us hang around, and then kind of laying the hammer at the end. I could also see Tom Brady not knowing how much downs there were, like last th- <laughs> like last year Thursday Night Football, and Nick Foles beat him. That was an incredible. That I, I took Bears money line in that game. It's just like looking back on it, it's like how was I confident to take Bears money line? But that was such a funny game. Like I'll never forget. Like just watch he 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 thinks it's. He thinks it's third down. Or he like he he lost track of the downs. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, I that was one of my favorite moments of last season. Uh, it doesn't get remembered fondly because he went to win a Super Bowl. But at the time, it was like, is this guy senile? This guy, this guy washed up. Uh, the best thing for the Eagles is this is on a short week, so no, so everybody's banged up, and you're kind of more on a level playing field than you would if we had seven days or or God forbid the Bucks had some rest. Um, Levante David is out, their linebacker. Antoine Winfield's probably out in a wicked concussion that's lasted like two to three weeks. Gronk, I think, is out. So he's out. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's out. Goddard, obviously, on our, our end, COVID list, probably not going to test uh, non-positive in, for twice in 24 hours. Lane Johnson's still dealing with the personal matter. Um, you just want to touch on that right now, actually? Well, does Lane Johnson, the Nick Sirianni hat conspiracy theory, you know, he's on the hat. Does that mean he's he's out? Does that mean he's out for the season? He's on there with Isaac Samalu and and he's on there with uh with Brandon Graham. I mean, they're gonna start releasing the injury report just through Nick Sirianni's hat, I think, every day. He's gonna put <laughs> they're gonna put the hat on the uh, podium and the beats are gonna have to take a picture of it and tweet it out and say, Hey, this is the Eagles injury report. I it it does make you think about what's going on with Lane. Um Makes you think it's one of a couple things. I'm not going to speculate, but speculate. We get paid to speculate. I'll speculate if you don't speculate. You can speculate. You can speculate. I but. think it's. I. I think it's. I think it's mental, and that's. I think that's perfectly okay. I think. I do think by the third game, 
This is uh, John Clark's cloak. Nick Sirianni says today he is hopeful Lane Johnson will be back this year, and he had 65 on his hat because he's there for Lane and supporting him. Thanks, Nick. Um, I think it is definitely mental. I think if it was familial, he would stay in Oklahoma. If it was steroids, we would have gotten it by now. I think by the third game, I think the fans deserve to know at least a little bit. And by what I and I'm not, I don't need to pour into this guy's life, but just hey, he's having anxiety. Just have it a personal matter, and then that's where the questions stop. If 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 that's them not saying anything, just breeds more questions. He gets questions every single day at the podium. What's up with Lane? What's up with Lane? Jason Kelsey yesterday said he talked to Lane. He just hopes he's back this season, and he wishes him the best in the personal matter. Now, I also think is that Lane Johnson, who has had a history of anxiety. He calls Brandon Brooks his puke brother because they literally like have the same, uh, they have rooms next next door to each other, I think, when they're on the road. And one will hear the other puking in the morning and then they'll get they'll go and puke. And they're, they're puke brothers. Um, you know, watching one of your best friends on the team go down. You saw, uh, you saw Jason Kelsey after the Somalo injury succumb to tears, you know, these guys work so fucking hard to get their bodies right in the offseason, to just to just get ready for training camp, to, you know, hope and pray that they make it through 16, 17, 18 games. That, you know, Lane just saw 14 different combinations. He saw, you know, for lack of a better word, don't mean to be corny, but he saw his brothers go down last year. Not to mention in the middle of pandemic that's been going on for like two, two years and whatnot. And I'm sure that has something to do with it. Like, I think the the injuries have just caught up to him. And, and also in, in 2019, when he got popped for steroids, I look back on it because I was looking to see, I was just doing some research, seeing if like Lane ever had any like, um, uh, not mental problems isn't the right word, uh, anxiety issues and stuff. And I just read about his, um, his 2019 appeal. The NFL fucked him on that. The NFLPA fucked him on that. Really? After first allowing the drug that he got popped for, they gave him the okay to take it. Then during his appeal, they like withheld basic information like uh, the CBA. Um, they had arbitrators. They needed like five arbitrators to show up to the meeting. Only two showed up. Just a really weird move by the NFLPA that I don't want to say had some effect on him, but I mean, I'm sure in the grand scheme of things, when you're seeing your, 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 your teammates go down, seeing some of your best friends go down and then just realizing like the NFLPA is just such a corrupt organization. We saw it with the Gruden emails and I'm not defending Gruden. I'm just saying there's a lot more to those emails. Someone's head had to roll and it, and it happened to be Gruden's. I would love to see what Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen are talking about. Well, if we want to get into if we want to get into that, I have some thoughts. But okay, we can get into that after. But I think it's just Lane Johnson is just seeing it, and at some point, you know, I'm sure you do this. I'm sure I do. Th- I definitely do this. I'm sure people our age do this, where it's like, what the fuck does like life kind of mean in a way, or what the fuck does this matter in the grand scheme of things? You know, seven hundred thousand people are dying of COVID, or or you know, just so much shitty stuff that's going on in the world and whatnot is really playing football. Just going up against barbaric man, bashing my fucking head in every single seven days. Is it worth it? And I think that's what kind of Lane's going through right now. He's just, it's just all kind of just come to a peak in his life. 
thought I assumed it was a familial issue. Honestly. I think you would have stayed uh, in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. I, I thought it was a, a familial issue just based on how everyone was talking. I, I maybe that's the wrong assumption, but I, you know, I, I can't believe I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna be that guy. Never mind. So I, I just I do want to know. You know, I, I do think you're right. I, I think the Eagles fans have a right to know soon at this point, just an idea of when to expect them back or an idea of what's going on. And, you know, you don't have to tell us exactly what's going on, but you could say he's struggling with this or uh, I, I don't There's some I transparency. Don't know. I guess that's maybe there's some HIPAA. There's some, uh, some HIPAA yeah. violations there, but uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I probably have to talk to Lane. I also is don't Lane think, vaccinated. I'm yeah, I, I'm just kidding. You, you, I'm made, just kidding. you made the joke about Lane. Uh, Maybe he's upset about 700,000 people dying of COVID. If I know anything about Lane Johnson from Oklahoma's politics, uh, I have to imagine he's not too broken up about coronavirus. I think he got back, so maybe he is. Maybe he's maybe broken he up is. about Oklahoma. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's, he's had that, uh, that Tiger Lane. King still in jail. Liberal Lane. Um, no, yeah, I don't know. That would be hilarious. But I, uh, uh, you know, it's a tough situation. I hope everything's okay. Um, I, I hope he's not, you know, I hope it's not a death in the family. I hope it's not something unfixable or whatever you want to say. I hope it is just him going through the issues, like you said, and going through issues with losing, uh, you know, brothers on the offensive line and losing his best friend, Brandon Brooks. It did seem like that really did affect him uh, when that happened after week one or two, whatever that was. Um, yeah. I, I think it all does kind of have to come out soon. I don't know how long we can just do this where we don't know what's going on. Yeah. The fact that Adam Schefter, Howie's, you know, right hand man hasn't reported on anything because you because th- I mean, hey, the way that article came out last year where uh, Howie basically berated Lane Johnson and called him like a pussy basically to his face. Uh, I don't think Howie would have too, you know, would be too scared to uh, tell Adam Schefter what's really going on. Do you think they look alike, Howie and Adam Schefter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of yeah. look alike. I, I didn't Jewish. think. I didn't think of wow, I never thought about if that's true either. But I I didn't uh I never thought about them looking alike until right now. There you go. That's you, yeah. you learn something new every day. So any good bets for the uh for the Eagles Bucks game? I know I'm just totally diverting. No, no, um, no. I I took um team total over 20 and a half for the Eagles yesterday. It's up to 22 and a half now. Um I would still take it, um, but uh, I do think the Eagles score points in this game. Um, I, I think that we'll be able to attack that secondary. With I don't think they'll run the ball, and I think it'll be very fast-paced, high tempo. Um, I, I, we are going to be throwing it all over the yard, and I expect a big, big, big day out of Devonta Smith. I know he had like a big day this week, had a lot of negated touchdowns so far this year. I think he catches a touchdown or two in this game on a bunch of targets. He is an elite bag getter. Like – that guy has never met an endorsement he didn't love. He's the Ricky Bobby of the NFL. He's going to sell a Fig Newton sponsorship on his visor. Like when Ricky Bobby has like, man, this is dangerous, but I sure love Fig Newtons. <laughs> That's a good impression. That man, like he should be at the Rookie Symposium. And, he sh- and they say, hey, when you want to make money, just say yes to every endorsement. I made fun of it in the past. Like he had ten different endorsements uh, on draft night. Like every tweet was just like was like VRBO or Verizon or Bose or or, or watches or VRST. This this uh, this apparel company that he's doing with. He had that apparel 
drop. He had a merch drop when he was drafted. Remember the NBA Jam, him and Jalen Hurts? Like, who the fuck has a merch drop on the NFL draft? I love that move. Like, this guy, he's killing it. He, Like I said, he should be at the Rookie Symposium telling every rookie being like, hey, listen, just say yes to every endorsement. He's going to be uh, Marshawn Lynch, where Marshawn Lynch spent no none of his career earnings. He just spent all his endorsement money. I think Gronk does. I think that's Gronk too. Um, what is that better than? Should they send him to the rookie symposium instead of uh, Herman Edwards? No, you're talking. To, you're thinking of uh, the fall guy. Yeah, it's Herman Edwards, right? Now nah, Chris Carter. Oh, I'm pretty. No, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure Herman Edwards did something. Uh, at the, let me look this up. Coked up Chris. Herman Edwards rookie. Symposium. Chris Carter was on the Eagles. That's crazy to to think about. I'm telling you. Herm Edwards said it's something wrong to the rookies. I know Chris Carter did too. Now that you're saying it, oh man, I I'm just seeing like a bunch of reports that he did in fact speak there, but nothing, nothing can. <laughs> Fuck, damn it. Oh man, I really thought that was Herm Edwards. It's Chris Carter. I'm wrong. Fuck. It's all right. It's okay. But yeah, I mean, hey, go get the bag, Devonte Smith. I'll never be mad at someone for making a quick buck. Um, anything else you want to talk about Eagles bucks? I, I feel good. I think you hit the nail on the head where you said, uh, it is going to be, I think basically the same game when it's all said and done, when we're talking on Friday of Kansas city versus, uh, versus us in, uh, in God, what fucking week is it? Six. This is six. Yeah. Hopefully Holy it's more shit. Kansas city Slow than down Dallas. NFL season. Slow down. <laughs> like God, maybe because yeah. we played Monday. We played Thursday. Maybe that's why mm-hmm. I feel so fast, but. Yeah, slow down. We're already one third of the way through the season. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to go back to May and June where it's just baseball and hockey. And but the Sixers losing the second round. While the football is here, uh oh, we, we've got John Gruden to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You have some points. I'm excited to hear. This wouldn't have happened if John Gruden doesn't call Roger Goodell uh, a, a gay slur and then a pussy. None you, of that happened. I am shaking happens. my head viciously right now you are exactly right roger goodell got that email and he just went to his 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 fixer his left-hand man and just said bury him they were going to leak emails until john gruden uh quit they said (laughs) yeah this is what you're dealing with people owners someone's head had to roll no owner's head was rolling. It is so hard to get owners out of the NFL. And this is Exhibit Z. We're at Z now. <laughs> How I don't funny. know what, like, wh- who's the last owner? Donald Sterling, right? Was the last Jerry, owner to get? Jerry, or Jerry, Jerry Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. Jeans Friday. Jeans Friday. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> listen, you can make your, your cheerleaders post topless. But as long as you don't say anything racist or have Jeans Friday, you're good to go. No, I, I actually... Dan Snyder hasn't said anything racist in his life besides <laughs> Redskin. I actually Nothing. think you can you can say racist things. You can say misogynistic things. You can say homophobic things. You can say anti-feminist things. You just can't say anti-Gadellites uh, things. You can't say things that would offend a Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and he is a minority on his own. So... Um, Adam yeah, what is like one eighth Cherokee or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Schefter um, uh, made me laugh so hard, uh, so hard on Monday Night Football when he said he had a clean sweep 
of offending the gays, the blacks. Like yeah. he, he was using like the actual term. Like I, it was weird. I'll say he was like the gays, the blacks, the women, and Roger Goodell. <laughs> and the fact that Roger Goodell's in that line of yeah. like he offended every minority and Roger Goodell. The handicap and the tra- trans and the handicap people are throwing their hands up in the air, like ready to try to cancel Adam Schefter. Like, where the fuck? Give us the piece of the give us the piece of the pie. Um, fuck, I had something I wanted to say. Uh, something like well, shit. Oh, when did we? Is is the term anti-gay now? Because I always thought it was homophobic, but the. The ESPN graphic said anti-gay. I don't know if they That's ran funny. out of room, but I just hey, I love the gays. I just want to be right. I want to. I, yeah. I want to be right. So if we're using anti-gay, please. Not that there's me. anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, Jerry. Um, if if homophobic's still cool, tell me. But you know, I just want to. I just want to get it right. I I'm just I'm 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 a, I'm a man to please. I just want to please. But I, you know. It is pretty fantastic that ESPN is trying to make sure no one thinks about the fact that John Gruden was 1 million percent working at ESPN when he sent those emails. Yeah. I mean. The the best thing is Mike, people are shocked that Mike Tirico came out and like supported him. Oh, yeah. Mike Tirico doesn't even claim he's black. He says he's Italian. Yeah. So what are you talking about, Mike? He he John Gruden has been really good to you and he's been really good to everyone you've seen. So he's big Italian guy. Like, 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 side, like the meatball sub. Like I, I, I just Mike Tarico is the biggest phony and fraud in the business. Um, the fact that he thinks he's just an Italian white guy, but now when when there's a race relations issue with someone he's friends with and someone he worked with, oh I'm I'm Mr. Black People, Mike Tarico. Like, I'm going to come out and stand on my soapbox. Like, dude, you act like you're an Italian white dude for the last decade in every interview you've given. So it, that's the biggest fraud shit I've ever seen. And then Tony Dungy, Mr. Like, uh, whatever. I'm not going to get into Tony Dungy. He seems like a nice guy. I have my own thoughts. Uh, yeah, about- but not the, be- not the two best people, NBC, to be talking about race relations. Because he, like, came out against Kaepernick. Yeah, he came out against like Mr. other things. He's like the Bill Cosby uh, of football coaches that are black. Like he's like Mister, you know, you got to pull your pants up uh, and not embarrass black people by having your pants below your butt. Like he's like Mister, like you need to act white. Like is what he like thinks about black people. Like he thinks everyone should be like him. So I, I whatever on Tony Dungy, whatever. I I have less thoughts on him than I do Mike Tirico, but Mike Tirico. Just like he's a great announcer. That's the shame of the whole Mike Tirico thing. He announces Notre Dame games. I actually think he's fantastic. He used to do um, Monday Night Football, obviously. I think he's one of the best in the business. And this weekend, I actually feel like I heard more awful announcing than I have in a long time. I think that the guy who was calling the Eagles game was drunk. He was calling Hurts Darnold sometimes. He was calling Darnold Hurts sometimes. The one time Chubba Hubbard got a uh, he got a first down, uh, but they were backed up. And they got a first down. Some Chuba Hubbard gets some breathing room for the Philadelphia Eagles and a first down. And it's like, are you drunk, dude? Joe Davis was his name, I believe. So Mike Tirico, great announcer. A lot of bad announcers out there right now. So I hope he gets out there and starts announcing again. But don't want to ever hear your opinion on anything ever again, Mike. You're you're a completely useless opinion, in my opinion. Set opinion a lot. How fast do you think Drew Brees ran off that set when they were like, hey, we're going to have (laughs) – 
conversation about John Gruden's emails, and Drew Brees is like, it's in my contract that I can't talk about this. I got too many Jimmy Johns I got to sell to be talking oh, about man. racial racial emails. Like, oh, my God, he probably ran so fast his birthmark got left behind. Man, I forgot about the whole Drew Brees thing. And then he tried to come out like the most liberal person ever after he said it. He like, I bet the under on that on that Saints uh, win total last year at 10 and a half because I was like, this team's going to implode. It's <laughs> it's it's too many, too much race going on. They're going to fight in the locker room all the time. And now they, they ended up having a great season. Little did we know the only fight that would happen was Michael Thomas and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh man alright do you have anything else today I mean we had uh, Joe Girardi hires his hitting coach he tried to fight in June yeah Kinda so I missed move. this I missed this when did he fight when did he try to fight him was this so involved whole, with Scherzer yeah this was the Scherzer stuff okay, so when, okay. when when like that a whole spider attack stuff came out I definitely watched it at the time I, I just Great didn't guy. remember the, the hitting coach uh, being involved all right, so this is this is Kevin Long. Out, strike one, strike two, strike three, out of the inning, and now he's going to walk off the mound, and then he's going to turn, and he's going to look at Joe Girardi and just give him a nice, long stare. And Joe Girardi's like, was he just staring at me? Are, are you guys staring at me? I can go up on the front step again if you want to get a good look. And he says, yeah, we were staring at you a little bit. And then Kevin Long, this is Kevin Long. He was a coach with Joe Girardi on the Yankees for a long time. They won a World Series together. Kevin Long got fired at one point. Joe Girardi calls him K. Long, and Kevin Long is just going to start saying, fucking bullshit! Fucking bullshit! Fuck you! So Girardi hears Kevin Long saying this, his old coach, and he says, well, come on, K. Long, come on! Let's go! You want to go, K. Long? Come on! Is John Boy the best lip reader in the uh, world? John Boy... I have my issues with John Boy. He tried to do like a witch hunt with the Astros, and I get it. They, they It was right to do. He made it a Yankees thing. Fuck the Yankees, so I'm biased. But John Boy, one of the best in the business just in general. I mean, those video, the videos he makes, fucking incredible. John Boy's the man. Yeah. So, yeah, so Joe Girardi tried to fight his new hitting coach, but I kind of love this move because I was looking into more about like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I I know the the history of Kevin Long as a hitting coach, but he was a Yankees hitting coach from 07 to 14, Mets hitting coach from 15 to 17, Nationals hitting coach from 18 to 21, won a World Series with the Yankees, made the World Series with the Mets, won a World Series with the Nationals. So put your chair out on Broad Street, people. Hell Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. Everything I've heard has been positive. I mean, he helped Juan Soto a lot, I heard. Uh, he helped uh, Trey Turner with Washington, I heard. I heard a lot of the guys on Washington love him. So When Washington uh, yeah. low balls Juan Soto, we'll go in and, and scoop him up. Hell yeah. We'll, Hell yeah. we'll owe $800 million to two players. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way it's going to work, it seems. But, yeah, I love it. I'm all in. Why not? I would love this once the once the three four five hitters go over thirty five during like you know the in Miami next year. I hope they just have a fight club in in the Phillies locker room. Just right on the logo. You want to go K Long? That actually or, like kind of made me like hate Joe less right now. That video because I haven't seen it in a while. The, well, come yeah. on, man. You want to go? Like come on, K Long. Let's go. What, what if Alec Boom botches another easy grounder? Zach Wheeler calls him out. Let's go. We're gonna fight on the logo. <laughs> Oh, I'd like to fight Alec Boone JT sometimes. calls another yeah. shitty game. Hector Narrows and him throw down like it's the Mandingo and in, in Django Unchained. 
Well, real quick, let me do a Hector check with you. Um, since I am one of Hector's protectors, um, I, I will say, I hope he's back. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a okay. as a middleman, as a as a setup man. Um, yeah, ideally, I, I my whole thing last year was that I think he was the best option to close. But ideally, we will get someone who is uh, an actual legit closer. It's going to be a great all season for the for this Phillies. Dabrowski's saying all the right shit. I I I love Preston Mattingly. <laughs> um, I like the K Long hiring. They might be bringing uh, Bobby Dickerson in from from San Diego, former Phillies guy. He he helped develop Machado uh, in the Orioles uh, organization. Um, yeah, I mean, I think all, everything they're saying, they're they're kind of making the right move. Didi's subtweeting the Phillies. Who gives a fuck? I did, couldn't even read it if it didn't have any emojis in it. Um, Theo Epstein's yeah, I mean, not going to the Mets. Theo Epstein's not going to the Mets. Yeah, I mean, everything coming up roses for the uh, for the Phillies, except for the fact that. Holy shit, are the Atlanta Braves a wagon right now? Like, I tweeted this out last night. Jock Peterson, bases loaded. Pearls are swinging everywhere. If you're the catcher on the Brewers, like, it's kind of your job just to just to reach up and yank those bad boys off. <laughs> or it's your job not to call a fastball down the down the cock. Okay, I guess you could you could say that too. But, I mean, this guy's <laughs> obviously working with some dark magic, some weird juju. Who's going to get mad at you if you snatch his chain like Akib Ali? Are we talking are, are we t- Akib Talib, by the way? Akib Talib. I just, I just named a rapper Akib Ali. Uh, yeah, Talib Kweli. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. My white, my Shout white is Kanye showing. Yeah, I am so white. Wow, I lost yeah. my, I lost what I had in my Sorry. Head. Oh, wait. Future Philly Jock Peterson? Is that who we're talking about right now? If he brings the pearls, he's got an abnormally fat face. Yeah, gained a lot of weight the last couple of yeah. years for sure in the face area. Um, I've always been a jock guy. He's not very good. Like, like I, I just like every time I watch him play, he hits a home run. So in my head, he's very good. Um, well, it's also and- like, why would you bring Jock Peterson if you're not going to make the playoffs? He's obviously yeah. he's he's a, he's a great playoff guy. Yeah, well, if we make the, if we we're guaranteed <laughs> making the playoffs next year, so we got to bring Jock in for the playoffs. Hey, man, he can hit righties. You bring Matt Veerling against lefties. You platoon them out in center. Fuck it. Bring back Corey Dickerson. I'm not asking for crazy names. Spring back, you know, platoon guys. MLB you get players. a shortstop that can actually play and doesn't think Last the COVID vaccine hurt, hurt his elbow. And and uh, that's the reason why he can't catch up to a fastball anymore. Yeah, we need a legit shortstop. Like, I need yeah. air right now. Shortstop, left fielder, center fielder, bullpen, maybe a couple guys on, on the back end of the rotation. Uh, yeah, man, we're doing great. Phillies are good. Uh, we're right on the doorstep. We're right on the doorstep, you know. We're, we're not going to pay Matt Moore and Chase Anderson five million combined, but hey, you know we're right on the doorstep. We're 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 knocking on the door. Hell yeah! You know, Braves, no Azunia, no Acuna. Uh, there's another guy they that were, went down. They were, my the pick to, they were my pick to win the NL uh, on Jansen and Sean Brace's show, and they were like, they thought I was a crazy person. Everyone was all over the Brewers. Everyone loved the Brewers. I never saw it, and that's why I always wanted the Phils to make the playoffs so badly. We could have beaten the fucking Brewers. They can't hit. We should be in the NLCS right now. Fuck you, John Middleton. Bobby Wanks. Big Wank Daddy. Shout out Wankel. His birthday was yesterday. First first Wankel Wednesday without the Wankel. We'll see in 2022. The lawyers are still working on the contract extension. We'll see if uh we'll see if that'll get that'll get made before Ben Simmons gets traded. Um, it's not a Ben Simmons situation where he just shows up at the bar at the He bar might just show up to the stream yard. He might just show up to the stream yard. 
It's like, how'd you get this link? I'm here to take my COVID test. <laughs> yeah, Bob Wankel just comes into the middle of the uh, uh, of the stream while we're uh, while we're recording this podcast, and he just comes up and he's like, "I'm here, I'm here to get my COVID test." This here's why I won't get fined. Or I get a text saying, "Bob's in the waiting room." Yeah, Bob's outside in the waiting room. It's like, okay, um, yeah. I mean, but he was also on like the Phillies being able to beat the Brewers, uh, and we own the Brewers during during the year. Uh, so, all right. Well, anything else before we get out of here? No. All right. That's the podcast rate review. Subscribe. Uh, hope you're enjoying this. If you are, uh, follow me at Kyle's fine P H I N E and follow Mark at Mark Henry jr. Underscore. Uh, Mark is, are you hot right now or are we lukewarm? Mm, I'm lukewarm. I'm not hot right now. You're hot though in college football and football baseball during the week. You know, you take your, you take it off. You take off a little bit. No, I'm actually I, – I, I'm better at baseball right now. But I the last two days have been good. Uh, I'm not that good, though. Uh, How many units on the year? I have to think. I made two yesterday. 161. 161 okay. units on the year, yeah. So 17 in October. Um, maybe I'm – like normally 17 units this early in the month, 13 days in. That's really solid. But September was so ridiculous that I'm like – I have these unrealistic expectations of myself like now. That. So I'm trying to hold myself to a September standard. I like that. Never get complacent. The standard is the standard. The standard is the standard. The best ability is availability, and you're always available. <laughs> but no bets tonight on Wednesday. No fucking sports uh, on tonight. Boo. There's no sports. <laughs> there's got to be a Mac game or something. No, there's nothing. There's no college. There's no NFL. There's no MLB. I'm sure there's some NHL and some preseason basketball, but I can't do it. Sports today. That's what it's I rough. just. That's what I just searched. Yeah, White Sox play. No, that's oh no, Houston over. won. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Canadians Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah, hockey's a hockey's a May sport for me. Uh, yes. we, we, Celtics we, we, Magic Orlando minus three and a half. What do you like? I refuse to to okay. participate in preseason conversation. Um, right. I. I actually like my friends are watching every Sixers minute of every Sixers preseason game and like live talking about it in our group chat. Like I'm an idiot for not watching it. And last year I tricked myself into thinking Shake Milton was going to win six man of the year or most improved player. So I'm not doing it again this year. I can't do the preseason. I will convince myself that Furkan is going to average 25. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Don't, don't watch a preseason. I'm going to give a pick Rangers capitals, uh, Rangers plus one Oh five mining line. That's my pick. Didn't their goalie unit. retire? Who cares? <laughs> All right. Rangers. Yeah. You heard it here first. Go Rangers. I'm going to be up a unit by uh, by Friday. That's the podcast. Oh, yeah. Rate, review, subscribe, follow us on YouTube. Uh, and I hope if you listen to this, I'll be down at the game after uh, after the Bucks game tomorrow. So come say hi. Come say something crazy into a mic so that we can uh, get more views on our YouTube channel. Bye.